Another episode of Trail Talk SA. My name is Brad Brown. Thanks for joining us today and uh, thank you for taking the time to download and listen to this weekly podcast on the trail running scene in South Africa. It's so good to have you on board. Well, uh, I've been running a survey to find out who you want us to chat to here on Trail Talk SA. And a lot of names have come up. Ryan Sands, obviously, is one of them. We managed to chat to him in episode one. If you haven't heard that interview yet, I would really suggest go back, find episode one, uh, and have a listen to that. Uh, What a phenomenal guy. Another person who's come up really big on that survey is AJ Collitz. And I managed to track him down this week and spent quite a bit of time with him actually Uh, very long interview but very interesting actually so that's coming up on this week's show also a race that's happening right now as i record this uh in iceland part of the race the planet series uh it sounds like an amazing amazing race but i managed to catch up with a south african who funnily enough has got a cycling background but he's running this race uh dave ballez who is the organizer of the cape argus pick and pay cycle tour has uh, done a bit of trail running and he's gone over he's running this with his girlfriend i managed to touch base with him just before the race started to find out exactly what brought this trail running bug on that's coming up in the show and we'll also chat to robin hyde from the modern athlete to find out what's uh, coming up in this month's magazine as far as trail running goes they've got some really cool articles in there this month uh, one in particular that really caught my eye but we'll chat more about that on this week's show also to let you know we've managed to secure an interview with professor tim noakes obviously the prof is in the news and uh, everybody's talking about uh, his no carb diet high fat uh, and yeah everyone's really talking about it and uh, we've managed to time down for an interview If you have any questions you'd like me to ask Professor Tim Noakes on your behalf, all you have to do is get over to our website, okay? It's trailtalksa.co.za slash asktheprof. You can submit your questions there, and I will ask your questions uh, on your behalf. So get there. Uh, It's trailtalksa.co.za forward slash asktheprof. But right now, let's get straight into our first interview. Well, uh, I've been really lucky to chat to some amazing athletes here on Trail Talk SA, uh, and I've been running that survey to find out who you want us to chat to, and one of the names that keeps popping up is AJ Collitz, and I'm just so chuffed to have him uh, on the show this week. AJ, welcome on to Trail Talk SA. Thanks for, for your time. Yeah, thank you. What a privilege to have you. AJ, you, you've, your journey's been quite interesting. And before we get into your journey, well done on your win this weekend in Cape Town. Uh, tell me a little bit about the race. How, how did things go? Yeah, you know, things went according to plan. Uh, you know, there's a sort of uh, mid-season stuff. So, uh, you know, you go into the race with tired legs. So you have to have some sort of a game plan. Just going hard from the start isn't going to work. Um, but, uh, you know, it is cited by Stevie Kramer and, and Ryan Sands as one of the toughest races around. So, uh you know, I, I did it last year, had my butt kicked by Will Robinson, so I went in this year a little bit uh, wiser. <laughs> and, um, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a funny race that, you know, the routes aren't marked. So so you have to do a fair bit of scouting and training on the training on the trails, etc. Uh, and there's quite a lot of climbing involved, and the, the weather didn't really play along. Well, I say play along, uh, you know, the weather was a little bit horrendous, but I love running in, in, in uh, sort of adverse weather conditions. So uh, it was actually perfect out for me, and everything went according to plan, and uh, had a great race. Sounds sounds brilliant. I mean, that you guys are just so lucky. I mean, you talk about scouting, scouting the sort of route and that sort of thing. For guys who live down in Cape Town, I mean, you guys—it's on your doorstep. I mean, it's just you guys are built for 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 that sort of running, aren't you? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, unfortunately, I live just sort of uh, about 25 or 30 k's outside of Cape Town in a play, little town called Napo Strand, which is about the flattest part of the country. What we do have, have however, are lovely beaches, and you know, beach running is is uh, you know quite a feat, especially in the soft sand. But um, you know, growing up in Stellenbosch, I think I was absolutely spoiled for mountains. I mean, be, before trail riding was even a sport, we were running around mountains just thinking it was cross country. Uh, so you know, we absolutely true. We're so spoiled for choice uh, in and around Cape Town. I mean, I think Stellenbosch is even better, but. Uh, I, I think the, the guys from Joburg are incredible athletes. Uh, you know, like guys like Tabang come down here and win SA Champs when he, you know, strictly speaking, doesn't have any mountains to train on. So, uh, you know, I think we are very, very fortunate. Yeah. AJ, tell me a little bit about your background. I mean, you, you mentioned that from, from an early age, you guys were running up and down those sort of mountains. But has sport always been in your blood and, and running? Yeah, you know, I, I started running, you know, at the tender age of eight, but I was, I was sort of a little fat kid in the training squad, still am, and, uh, you know, uh, my sister actually started running cross-country, and she was a very, very good cross-country track runner, and, um, you know, I come from a pretty active family, my, both my brothers surfed, and they also ran, and, and, you know, my old man did a couple of marathons, and uh, used to run for Marty's and these kind of things, so... Uh, and then he was a, you know, a mountaineer. He still is a mountaineer with a mountain club. So I think from there, the love of mountains. But um, from a running perspective, uh, you know, I ran and then took up triathlon at the age of about uh, 12 or so. Did triathlon pretty seriously through high school. Obviously dabbled a little bit in duathlon, you know, sort of the similar sports. Uh, then the cycling bug bit me a little. Um, you know, had the grandeurs of, uh, you know, wearing yellow, the Tour de France, that kind of thing. But um, you know, I, I took triathlon pretty serious. Took triathlon pretty seriously at, at the time. But uh, you know, varsity kind of happened, and um, you know, stay, had to study quite hard and, and uh, dabbled a bit in the varsity social life as as you do. <laughs> and then um, actually, uh, you know, I, I got into trail by default almost. Um, I ran comrades one year and just sort of was had some fitness left over from comrades, if you will. And I saw there was a, uh, a trail run in Hart Bay, the Hart Bay Triple Trouble, which I still to this day reckon probably kilometer per kilometer the hardest trail run I've ever done. Um, and uh, old Eric Tolner from, from Hart Bay uh, was gracious enough to give me an entry. And uh, I did it. And uh, I got a second. Uh, I got absolutely beaten to a pulp by the course and by a guy called Rupert Becker, so a local legend. And, um, yeah, you know, then the bug bit me and I realized, you know, uh, because you don't have the sort of, you know, 30 flat 10K split that the triathletes have, but you're a pretty strong runner as opposed to being a fast runner. Maybe the sport can work for you. So, I, you know, I had a couple of runs and uh, started enjoying it more and more. And, um, yeah, things just kind of got going from there. I mean, did so, you – Yeah. Did you – do you have any – like, where, at that time, did you have any sort of – idea of where it would take you to where you are now absolutely not um you know i i always looked up to ryan sands and i, and I still do i think he's just a, a fantastic runner and you know i'd heard about him and read about him and just thought yes you know this guy is living la vida loca i mean running these beautiful mountains all over the world and doing these incredible things and you know living this lifestyle uh you know and uh you know it shames me to say that i was a little bit envious of, of the life that he was living so um, I actually ended up doing a couple of uh, K-Way sponsored races, you know, unbeknownst to me that they would be one day my main sponsor. And uh, 
after I'd done one or two of their races, they kind of approached me and said, you know, uh, if we support you, will you, you know, perhaps look at doing this for a living? And, uh, you know, I sort of went home a little bit flabbergasted, discussed it with my wife, and she was unbelievably supportive of this. And, um, yeah, you know, things went from there. And, uh, you know, I think I'm, I've been incredibly blessed just being able to do this for a living. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things, and, and it's funny you, you mentioned Ryan, because Ryan's also, I mean, and you also sort of discovered it later, that it wasn't always on on the radar. It was it was something that came along, and, and it's just so cool to hear that it almost gives, not not that I'm ever going to be at that sort of level, but it gives someone like myself who, who, who maybe had a little bit, no, let me not use myself, because I've got no ability. Let, let me use someone else, fictitious character. <laughs> Who who may be sitting listening to this going, you know what, I've got a little bit of, of ability, but like you said, I don't have the, the, the thirty uh, the, the thirty minute ten K speed. But if they apply themselves and work really hard, there is an opportunity to sort of make a name for yourself in, in a sport like trail running. Absolutely. I mean the guy who won uh Austria Mont Blanc this year is sixty one years old. He started running at the age of fifty five. Wow. So I mean, uh it's 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 an incredible sport. I've I've in the past just sort of almost thought of trial running almost as a rugby game. There's, there's a, a trial run for every shape and size. Wh- whatever your ability, there's a trial run for you. Um, you know, I'm not saying pick your runs, but, you know, in a rugby team, you've got such a, a, a huge a difference in size and ability and skill, but playing together as a team. And trial is sort of the same thing, where if you're faster, you can find a flatter, faster run. If you're a stronger climber, you can find sort of a, a more mountain run as opposed to a normal trail run or cross-country run. If you uh, are a harder runner, you find a longer race. If you're a runner that adapts well to altitude, you can find an altitude run. If you're a runner that, that adapts well to heat, you can find a desert run. You know, so there's, it's almost as his or her niche. And I think that in itself is a great part of the sport. I think the, the variety of conditions... And the ability to adapt almost the run to your personal style, I think, is one of the main draw factors of trail. Yeah, I mean, you can you can almost play to your strengths, essentially. Absolutely, absolutely. And you know what? Uh, at the end of the day, you enjoy things you do well. I mean, I was never a very uh, an excellent math student. I, I, I hated maths because of it. But I was always good at languages, and I enjoyed it, so I excelled at it. So, you know, just as an example, so, I mean, I've, I've, you know, sort of found my niche as a half-decent climber, so I enjoy climbing, so I find races that, you know, that need me, that, that, that uh, force me to climb a lot. So, that's my forte, because I've chosen it to be. Yeah, it's it's just, I mean, it is. It's an amazing sport. And, and we mentioned it when we first started chatting is, is South Africa, or as a South African, we probably, we don't realize how lucky we are. I mean, you go to Europe and you race in Europe in the Transalps and, and that sort of thing. But if you look at the conditions that those guys live in, they've practically only got six months of the year that they can actually train in. Whereas here, you can train all year round. I mean, conditions are, are so conducive. And, and I think that's probably why we're also starting to produce more and more world-class athletes. Absolutely. Um, you know, I think it's, 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 it's a multifactual. But one thing that I must just mention is 90% of the Euros, the European trail runners, trail runners that do well are also ski mountaineers. Okay. So just bear in mind that when they can't run trail, 
almost all of the ski mountaineering, yeah. which is just the most unbelievable sport to uh, up your VO2 max. I mean, Killian uh, Jornet was uh, a ski mountaineer before he turned, a trial, turned into a trial runner. Um, I mean, every year Transvolcania is run about the end of the ski mountaineering season, so he ends up doing about a week's worth of running training before he runs Transvolcania. And he won this year with a new record. So just bear that in mind. That they do have an advantage that they can do ski mountaineering. But to get back to your point, um, yes, we have the most incredible places to train in South Africa. And I think where we have an advantage is we have incredibly fast runners. If you look at the average uh, marathon in South Africa, the runners are incredible. These black guys come from the townships and they run... You know, there are 15 guys running sub-220 marathons. And this is filtering down in teams and these kind of things. And it's making the general pace of running quicker. So exactly the same with trial. I think uh, our guys that are going to Worlds this year uh, have a lot of speed, uh, which will really count in their favor. So um, I'm looking forward to great uh, results from Sarafina trial running in the future just because... We've got a lot of fast runners, and if we can get our guys to be proficient in mountainous environments, I think we will have incredible international talent. Yeah, exactly, exactly. AJ, what's next on the cards for you? Sure. Um, you know, I've been racing quite a lot this year. I, I promised my wife that I would race a little bit less and, and uh, you know, spend a little bit more time at home and these kind of things. But, um, you know... It's difficult because something pops up on the calendar. You see there's a race in Swellendam, 60Ks, with 7,000 meters of elevation. You go, oh, that must be epic. So <laughs> it has been a busy year, but next on the calendar for me would be probably Otter. I don't think I'll race again before that. You know, that being sort of the main local focus of the year. And, um, you know, just on that, I was absolutely blown away. Everywhere I went in Europe, the guys knew about Otter. Uh, absolutely every single trail runner I met that I told, told I was from South Africa, they asked, have I done Otter? So Otter has sort of become the Cape Argus of trail running. Everybody knows about it. It's an absolute have to do. So forever who's listening, it seems as though you haven't run trail unless you've done Otter. Yeah, so, yeah it's funny you say uh, that. I, I asked, funnily enough, I asked Ryan Sands, like, what are the races on, that, that you would suggest people put on their bucket list? And that was the number one race that he said for South Africans. So, uh, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head. I think everybody needs to run that race. Absolutely, and you know what, uh, there are a couple more, um, you know, Skyrun, obviously, uh, there's a new one called the Matrasburg Sky, which is actually going to be sanctioned by the World Skyrunning Federation from next year on, uh, which is a marathon distance skyrunning race in the Western Cape, which I just think is incredible, and then there's also the Lesotho Sky, uh, sort, of in, sort of middle towards the end of November, James Hallett from GoTrials organizing, and uh, that's already been sanctioned by the World uh, Skyrunning Federation, and uh, all of the Americans are sending their top runners and the Canadians and these guys. So uh, I think that is going to be just the most amazing event. And um, I also think if you're going to add one to your bucket list, that's definitely going to be one to do. It's, um, you know, you're climbing uh, also in the region of uh, five or 6,000 meters. Uh, you start at about 2,400 meters, climb about to about 3,100 meters or so. So that's some serious, serious altitude. Uh, and uh, I've seen the introductory videos. Uh, they look just amazing. Um, and Linda Doak and I are hosting a course there just on, on altitude and sky running uh, in October. 
So very, very excited about that. And I really think uh, that is one of the races that's going to put South Africa on the map. Just because uh, if it becomes part of the World Sky Running Series, um, the overseas athletes can come to South Africa and get points mm. uh, to improve the international rankings and obviously, uh, you know, have a, have a go at the title. So, um, yeah, I, I think the next, the next year, I think, is going to be incredible for South Africa trail running. Uh, the fact that Solomon have gotten on board with the Otter, uh, I've heard birdies whisper that Killian might be running Otter next year. So wow. that would be very, very exciting. Sounds brilliant. And then, AJ, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked Ryan. I mean, we, we've got amazing races here in South Africa, but there are some unbelievable ones overseas. Uh, you've run some cool ones. What's still on your bucket list internationally and, and locally? Sure. Um, well, let's start with the international. I, uh, I've been invited back to Verdun, so I'll definitely be doing that again. I want to have a serious crack at Zagama again. I've got some unfinished business with that. Uh, and I, I promise that the organizers I'll be back, so definitely that. And uh, sure, I, uh, I haven't really thought about anything else. Um, I definitely want to give one of the 100 milers in the States a good go. Uh, probably the Hard Rock, just uh, as it suits my style of running the best. But, um, you know, I've got to get a couple of notches under my belt before then. Mm. Uh, I don't think I'm, I'm uh, quite at that level yet. Um, but um, watch the space, maybe next year. Cool, sounds good. And, and then from a local perspective, any races that you haven't done yet here that you think, you know what, I need to, to actually make time sometime to go and do them? Absolutely. Um, definitely the Sky Run, uh, you know, that, I, that I've um, uh, indicated that I'm going to in November. Uh, and uh, sure, there are some incredible runs in KZN uh, that I'd love to give a go. That Wild Coast, Wild Coast Wild Run looks amazing, you know. There are such awesome multi-day runs in and around South Africa that uh, have just sort of eluded me in the past because of, you know, having, uh, um, you know, uh, work and these kind of things. Uh, and also, um, yes, there's a, a race towards the end of the year in Namibia, uh, which forms part of the Ultimate Ultra Series, which unfortunately I won't be able to do this year because I've already gotten a Skyrun commitment, but it's a five-day self-supporting run through them in Namib Desert, which I think must just be unbelievable. So uh, that is definitely on my bucket list for next year. Cool, it sounds lacquer. And then, AJ, give us a bit of, if somebody's listening to this who's who's maybe brand new to the sport and, and struggling to find their feet and, and, and find their groove, what advice would you give to, to a novice getting going? Sure. Uh, you know, it's a really hard question. Um, personally, I think... Don't be overwhelmed by what you see. I think a lot of guys jump into trail and think, I must get these pair of trail shoes and I must get this pack and, 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 and. Where you can sort of go a long way with what you've got and just rather spend your time and your money on, on getting to awesome trails and just just people get too too caught up in, in the, the image of trail running instead of just loving the running itself and uh it's almost um the, the advice that i'd like to give is just get out there and run and just absolutely love it because you're very fortunate um if the advice is more pertaining to training um my advice has always been every minute you win in the first half is 10 you lose in the second half trail running is a sport of pacing uh you're out there for longer than you think so absolutely pace yourself and um, yeah, just enjoy it because it is such a privilege.
Yeah, I, I love that. It's actually the first time I've, I've heard it summed up so succinctly that every minute you, you win in the first, you lose 10 in the second. And that just, you know, it's not just trail running. It's, it's running in general. If you go out too quick, you're going to suffer in the end. Oh, absolutely. Have a look at, uh, I saw actually on, uh, on the Otter webpage, you can now look at the statistics. You know, age, speed, these kind of things. Look at the first half stats versus the second half. Uh, and, uh, you know, just how guys got pacing wrong. Um, it's a classic example of a marathon running comrades asking, you know, why do the winners only run 350 or 355 a K? <laughs> and then going out bolting at 320, 330 a K and then halfway lying under a bush crying. Yeah, uh, it's the the classic runners example of runners euphoria. So um, yeah, I think that's one of the reasons why I love trail because you see these show ponies going off very quickly <laughs> and thinking I'm going to see you in a while and you're going to be hurting. And you reel them in. You just reel them in later on. Absolutely. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way with Killian. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but, but no I was going to say he's no yeah. show pony. That's the difference. Absolutely not. No, he just keeps going at that pace. <laughs> it's been fascinating chatting to you. I've loved that I could chat to you forever. Uh, and, and I'd love to catch up with you again in the future, maybe another time where we can chat about some different things. But, uh, yeah, uh, thanks for, for taking the time to, to touch base with us. We want to wish you all the best from all of us here at Trail Talk SA. Uh, and we look forward to, to tracking your progress here and internationally and, and sending positive vibes whenever you do race. Oh, thanks so much. Uh, you know, we really do appreciate, you know, if I can say we on, on behalf of myself and the, the other, you know, trail runners that are fortunate enough to do it as a living, you know, it's it's so great to have an awesome support base. And, uh, you know, interestingly enough, uh, Ian Corliss from Talk Ultra International told me that he'd never seen as many tweets and requests for updates as when I was running overseas and it just means that the South African public is 100% behind us. And you know what? It really makes a difference. It, it really just makes it worthwhile to know that you're running for more than yourself. And, and whatever result you get is for the trial running community of South Africa in general. And, uh, you know, that just alleviates you to another level. And uh, that's just something you carry with you. So from my side, thank you so much for the support. We really do appreciate it. And uh, it's just awesome to see more and more of these platforms to, to keep runners in touch with each other. So, uh, yeah, please send me a Facebook invite. I'd gladly invite you guys as friends and uh, keep you up to date with this incredible sport of us. Cool. AJ, what I'll do as well is I'll pop all of your details, your, your Facebook details, your Twitter handle, uh, all of that sort of stuff on, on the Trail Talk SA website. So if folks want to get in touch with you, they just need to go check out the show notes for, for this episode and all of that stuff will be there. Absolutely, yeah. And you know what? My beautiful wife does uh, updates during the races that I do. So, um, you know, I should keep everyone up to date while I'm racing. So, absolutely, please send me the, the invites. I'd love to invite you guys. No, no, no. I'm quite upset now that you don't do your own updates when you're running. What's wrong with you? The cell phones have to be in a Ziploc bag, but... <laughs> You need to lift your game. Learn to multitask. Come on. <laughs> Hey, Dad, awesome, man. It's been brilliant. Uh, you take care, and we'll definitely chat soon. Okay. Cheers, Brad. Thanks for the call.
Well, it's a brand new month, which means there's a, a brand new edition of Modern Athletes out and available. And I thought I'd catch up with the folks from the magazine to find out exactly what is in this month's edition. And it gives me great pleasure to welcome Robin Hyde, the sales manager from Modern Athlete, onto Trail Talk SA this week. Robin, welcome onto the show. Tell me a little bit about uh, this month's magazine. What can we look forward to? Absolutely. In the August issue, of course, I think the big one is 25 years of the UTI 52K trail run. Uh, one of those uh, larger events, and uh, we give that a little bit of coverage. And then, of course, there's a regular feature in the magazine, Great Trails of South Africa. So look out for that. And of course, trail season is upon us, and uh, lots to look forward to in the magazine. Yeah, and there's also, i got a sneak peek of the mag too. Uh, the cover story is not a trail running story, it's a triathlon story, but uh, definitely a must-read, very inspirational. Tell us a little bit about who's on your cover this month. Indeed, Brad. We feature Super Pit, of course, Peter Dupria, uh, become an inspiration in the world through his sporting conquest. Um, in fact, he's just become the first quadruplex to complete a half Ironman event and is actually now going down to take on full Ironman uh, towards the end of the year. So really, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a good read. It's a great issue. And the story on Super Pit is really, really inspirational, Brad. And tell me, how can we get our hands on it? Very simple, uh, distributed to most running clubs throughout South Africa, also available at uh, selected retail outlets. And of course, more exciting, Brad, we've taken the magazine onto the digital platform, but is available now as a Digimag. And if folks would like to uh, get their copy, very simple, get across to the Modern Athlete website. On the home page, you can just click on a link and sign up and get it delivered to your smartphone tablet or PC. Yeah, that just makes life so much easier, Robin. It's a, it's a great way to sort of consume that sort of media. Uh, so just go to modernathlete.co.za. All the details are there. Robin Hyde, thank you so much for chatting to us today. We look forward to catching up again in a month's time to find out what's coming up in the next edition. Brad, as always, thanks again for the opportunity. We will indeed keep in touch. Take care. Well, our next guest here on Trail Talk SA is an interesting one because every dealing I've had with Dave Ballets has got to do with a bicycle, but this time around, not so much. Dave, welcome on to Trail Talk SA. Brad, good to be with you, uh, albeit from the other side of the world. Yeah, that's exactly it. You are sitting, as we speak, in Iceland. What on earth are you doing in Iceland, Dave? <laughs> that's a question a lot of people have been asking me. Brad, yeah, I'm, I'm sitting in the capital of Iceland. I'm in Reykjavik at the moment. Um, I'm over here... Uh, on a personal journey, which has turned into a journey uh, of something I hope that will uh, uh, turn out to do a lot of good back home with the Smile Foundation. But in essence, um, I'm over here to run a 250k self-supported ultramarathon over six days, uh, which will see us running essentially through uh, almost a, a desert scenario from the center of Iceland uh, to the coast. That's right. Uh, Dave, you just said running, and if you don't know who Dave Ballet is, he's the director of the Cape Argus Pick and Pay Cycle Tour, uh, which involves bicycles. Dave, what brought on this running bug? If you ask any of my friends, they'll tell you it was a midlife crisis. Uh, <laughs> they'd probably be right. I think I turned 50 last year, and I decided that I wanted to, to push myself out of my own comfort zone. Somebody gave me a card that said life begins at the end of your comfort zone and for 20 odd years I've been a cyclist. I love cycling, I still remain a committed cyclist, it, it is my passion, but I wanted to do something different and uh, I started to run, uh, really enjoyed it, uh, helped me lose weight, got me a lot fitter for the bike 
And my girlfriend had just come back from running an event in, in Nepal, one of the Four Deserts Challenges. And uh, we decided that rather than buy a Harley Davidson as a midlife crisis, that heading off to Iceland to run one of these Four Desert events would be, would be my challenge, would be my stepping out of the comfort zone. And having committed to doing it, I decided that if I was going to do something, it, it might as well have a positive outcome other than just, you know, a, a personal journey. And that uh, re resulted in me committing to run for the Smile Foundation back in South Africa, something I feel very passionate about. Brilliant. Dave, what, what we'll do is before we, we end, we'll, we'll give out all those details for, for Smile Foundation if, if someone wants to, to sort of help and, and donate towards the cause. But let's talk a little bit about these four desert races. If, if somebody follows trail running and, and they sort of know about Ryan Sands, he's been one who's, who's run some crazy, some crazy and, and he's been involved in these desert races. But, but you were telling me that there's fixed ones and then there's ones that, that move. Tell us a little bit about how the structure of that series works. Okay, so they've got they've got the four deserts. It's the roving, uh, uh, sorry, it's the racing the planet four desert series. So they have. Um, uh, let's go from the top. We've got uh, Sahara, Atacama, Gobi, and Greenland, and they have the the, the events that take place every every year um, at those locations, and then they add an additional event every year, which they call a roving race. And this is one of the roving races. So two years ago they did Nepal. Last year they had a roving race in uh, Jordan, and this year the roving race is in Iceland. Next year it will be Madagascar. Um, the races all run on a very similar format. It's a 250-kilometer self-supported run, and you run on average four marathons a day for the first four days, and then you do an ultra-marathon of anywhere between 60 and 80 k's, uh, and then you end off with a very short run into the finish uh, between 10 and 12, depending on how the other days have been. But I think key to the whole thing is that you, you're carrying everything that you need to survive for those six days that you're running. So all your food for the entire six days, your clothing, your sleeping bag, your sleeping mat, they provide water and they provide a tent which you share with six other competitors um, uh, on the journey. But other than that, you're on your own. Any medical supplies you need, you carry with you. They obviously have a doctor and they have medical support, but um, you're there to look after yourself. Yeah, I'm glad you, you mentioned that. I mean, self-support sounds <laughs> it sounds glamorous, but when you actually break it down to exactly uh, what you have to do, it's it's quite a quite a thing, and especially uh, coming from someone who doesn't have a running background, which you don't. <laughs> it's been a it's been a huge shock, I must tell you. I gaily packed my bag with all those things I thought I would need for the trip, and it came in at about 16 kilos. Uh, I needed to cut that down. I wanted to come in under 10. Uh, the chances of coming in under 10 are, are highly unlikely. But it, it, it literally, you know, it's, it's taking uh, the food that you want to eat out of the containers it's in because the containers weigh 30 grams. And, and 30 grams when you've got six days worth of food on one item is a lot. Uh, cutting the back off your toothbrush so you just have the head. Um, sucking the air out of your, your cereal bag so that it's, you, you, you don't, you're not carrying additional space. Um, I mean, we, we've got a 32-liter backpack that we're going to be carrying, a phenomenal piece of equipment. Um, but you battle to fit sleeping bags, puffer jackets, and all kinds of things. Because remember, the temperatures are extreme. We're, there's an 80% chance of rain over the six days that we're running. And um, temperatures without wind chill are going to be between 0 and 10. Um, and we're expecting with wind chill to be running in below, below zero at certain periods. Oh, that sounds, it sounds hectic. Dave, describe the sort of landscape that you're going to be, be running on for, to us. 
To call it desolate would be kind. It is, um, in fact, the, I think it was the Apollo, the Apollo 11 mission used the, the grounds for training, or the inland of, of Nepal for training on. Uh, one of the Icelandic folk described it to me the other day as he hiked across Iceland and he said there are places out there that you feel like you're the first human being ever to have stood on that ground. Um, currently taking place in, in some of the areas is the filming of uh, a well-known TV series back home called Game of Thrones. And it's that desolate landscape that you're running through. You're running through barren, barren, barren lava fields. This is, after all, a really just one large lava island. Uh, we're going to be running past two major glaciers in the center of Iceland and then onto lava beaches. Uh, there are certain green areas that we will run through, some lovely green valleys, but literally completely uninhabited. Uh, and with no support other than the, the, our fellow, fellow runners around us. And, and talking of those fellow runners, what, what sort of field are they looking at taking part in this year's race? Well, <clears throat> one of the biggest fields they've ever had for a roving race. We're just under 280 competitors from literally every single country you can think of on, on the globe. It's, it's the United Nations here. It really is, and it's fantastic. And great to see South Africa so well represented. We've got some of uh, South Africa's top, top runners. Ryan Sands sadly isn't here. He has won all four of the desert events, and he's also uh, he won racing the planet Nepal two years ago. Um, but we've got Linda Doak from from Hardbank Cape Town, one of our top three or four female runners in South Africa, a vet, and then a, a good contention from Johannesburg. Um, we've got uh, some some of the, the folk that have, have participated in the other events. I think there are a total of about twenty South Africans participating. That's actually quite, quite. I'm surprised to be honest, but it, it sounds like an amazing event. So on the flip side of that coin, I'm not really surprised because it's, it's definitely something that if you're big into the sport of trail running, it's probably on your bucket list of, of races to do. I must tell you, it's, it has been an amazing experience leading up to this. Uh, what I have found about running is that there's, that there's a very different crowd to cycling. Um, in cycling, it's very much about you, the bunch, and riding hard, staying in the bunch, working with people to slipstream. Uh, trail running and running generally um, is a very honest sport. There's no, there's no hiding. You don't hide behind people to, to, to slipstream and you certainly don't freewheel downhill. Um, so you, you, are, you are a lot more self-reliant on your own, your own head strength and your own body. But the folk that run are just so fantastically friendly and, and hugely supportive of you when you're out there. When you're, when you're in trouble, there's always somebody jumping to your aid. Uh, I tend to find when I'm riding, people will ride past you going, are you okay? And by the time you've had a chance to say, no, please help, they're already okay down the road. <laughs> whereas, whereas runners are ready to bail in and, and give you every bit of assistance. It's, it's, it's lovely. It's, it, it has been a fantastic journey for me. You mentioned that you, you still love cycling, though. Are you, are you ready to, to sort of trade your, your, your sort of cleats for, for running shoes? Or is this just a, an added love that you're going to keep on doing once you, once you get back to, to add to your sort of cycling that you currently do? <laughs> no, no, cycling is my first love. It remains my passion. I am now a committed cyclist with a bit of a running addiction. So uh, I think this will just kind of complement my passion, which is cycling. I mean, I get back to Cape Town and uh, I've got four weeks to get myself ready for the uh, Coronation Double Century. We've got a big ride coming up with Computer Share, the Change Life Computer Share event, which is uh, a group of folk raising money for charity up in KZN. Um, so no, cycling was definitely my passion and uh, this is just something that is, is there to, to make me step out of my comfort zone. I, I, I love that. I love being able to test my, my own mental uh, capacity you know, when it comes to doing ultra events like this. 
Yeah, and, and it's just so cool that you are doing it for charity, Dave. You mentioned the, the Smile Foundation. Tell us a little bit more about what they do. Well, my girlfriend, when she ran in Nepal, uh, ran for, uh, for Smile and uh, raised a whole lot of money, which went into doing operations for children with cleft palates. And I watched some of the videos uh, of how much a simple operation that can be undertaken can really meaningfully change a, a child's life. A child with a cleft palate can go through life really being uh, ostracized by their peers. Um, and a simple operation allows them to fit in and feel normal. And you know, one only has to look at this, the, the huge change that can be made in an individual's life by, the, by that operation. And there are so many children out there, uh, not only children, uh, teens and adults, that, that, you know, that, that uh, can, can be saved the, the uh, unhappiness and, and, and the sadness that goes with with the, the stigma of having a cleft palate. So to be able to do this for the Smile Foundation in South Africa really means a lot to me. I, kids, I have two children um, who are both very fortunate. Uh, and I think that I, I wanted this to have a positive outcome. Yes, it's a personal journey for me, but at the same time, if I'm able to change a few lives in the doing of it, uh, that would mean something very special. Yeah, without a doubt. And, and if somebody's listening to this and they want to sort of add some weight to your cause and maybe, maybe throw a few uh, bucks your way, what, what, where can they go and how can they do it? Well, what I've done is I've used a, a South African portal that uh, people use for raising money. It's, it's something called BackerBuddy. If you go onto backerbuddy.co.za and uh, you just search under my name, David Belez, you'll find uh, Racing the Planet Iceland for Smile Foundation and you can make donations there. That money will go directly to Smile Foundation. It doesn't come through me. It goes directly to them from Backabuddy. And for me, that was important. This is not about me running for charity, trying to cover the costs of my, me doing the event. This, was, this is a personal journey and I've, that is, I funded that myself. Uh, and anything that I can raise will go directly to Smile Foundation and a wonderful cause. And uh, you know, if there is somebody out there that is prepared to, to make a donation, that would be fantastic. Dave, what I'll do as well is I'll, I'll post the links from my sort of uh, Twitter handle uh, and also we'll pop the, the link on the website too. So if somebody uh, wants to do it, they can, I'll just link directly to that page and they can go straight through from, from the show notes from today's show. Yeah, fantastic. What I'll do then, Brad, is I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tweet out my blog that I'm going to be writing. We, we do have, uh, they have satellite communication at night where folk that are running blogs are able to, to book space and, and get on and blog. <coughs> and all, <laughs> if I'm in one piece at night, I'm certainly going to be writing about the experiences of the day and I'll be getting that up each night for my friends and, and folk back home to kind of follow this journey. That sounds awesome, Dave. I'll pop those details up as well. So, uh, and your Twitter handle too. So if somebody wants to follow you, they, they can do exactly that. Dave Balez, I want to wish you all the best. Uh, it sounds like an amazing journey. I want to uh, strength uh, and, and courage because it's going to get tough out there. But just remember why you're doing it. And, and we look forward to chatting to you once it's done. Brad, thanks very much. Uh, and look forward to catching up with you when I get back to South Africa on this incredible journey I've been on. Thanks a ton.
Another episode of Trail Talk SA done and dusted. Please do be in touch. I love hearing from you. You can pop me an email, podcast at trailtalksa.co.za. If you're on the social media networks of Twitter and Facebook, we're there too, and we love connecting there as well. You can follow us on Twitter at Trail Talk SA, or if you're on Facebook, just go to facebook.com forward slash Trail Talk SA. It's that easy to find us. Uh, there's lots of motivation and tips and that on those pages too. So uh, go and look us up on those social networks. For myself, Brad Brown, it's been brilliant. I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Uh, and if you know of anyone who might be interested in this podcast, I'd really do appreciate it. If you wouldn't mind forwarding the links on to, to maybe running mates, maybe they'll find value in this thing just as you do. That's the only way we get to grow the show. Word of mouth is a massive component to what we do. And I'd really appreciate it if you wouldn't uh, mind helping us share the love and growing this wonderful sport that we all do love. So from myself, Brad Brown, until next week, have yourself a great one. Cheers. Cheers.